Hello and welcome to the Fortune and Freedom podcast, where Nigel Farage and Nikolai Hubble give you a unique take on what's really going on in the world of finance, investing, and politics. We hope you sit back and enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to this week in review with Nigel Farage. We've been focusing on central bank digital currencies in Fortune and Freedom all week long, and it's time to get Nigel Farage's take on the whole thing. It's all gotten a bit more dramatic this week because the Treasury announced that the Bank of England will be exploring the UK's version of central bank digital currencies. There's a new task force. Nigel, what do you make of it all? Well, look, you can't get rid of cryptocurrencies without closing down the internet. uh, And that simply is not going to happen. And, you know, I've wondered how long it would be before government acts. I mean, look, you know, you've got major systems around the world that it began with PayPal and now it's Tesla. And there are all sorts of ways now that you can earn and spend money using cryptocurrency. It's becoming increasingly something that is even institutional investors think is a valid asset class. Uh, And so you've got all this money uh, being traded, being owned by people, and government doesn't know anything about it. The banks, who of course work with government, don't know anything about it. Uh, They're obviously terrified of this whole creation of an entirely new sort of money. Um, And of course, that has, they fear, massive tax implications going forward. So the fact that Rishi Sunak announces that the government wants to do its own digital currency is of itself absolutely no surprise whatsoever. Although quite why you'd want to own a government Bank of England digital currency rather than your own private digital currency is completely and utterly beyond me. But that's the problem they face. They simply cannot ban cryptocurrencies. They can't stop this increasing use. So that's, you know, that's from a sort of UK perspective. The more sinister application of this is what China's doing. You know, their attempt to introduce their own digital currency. And in fact, I mean, they're really in China now talking about it as a total replacement for their current monetary system. It's something that Peter Thiel uh, was warning about. You know, the, 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 the big tech entrepreneur from the West Coast of America a few weeks ago. Um, and this would turn what is essentially a libertarian tool into a completely authoritarian tool where China would control everything. And of course, what they would try to do is to make sure that people that traded with China all around the world use this system, registered with this system. So you go from sort of laissez-faire kind of cryptocurrency into something that will be absolutely state-controlled totalitarianism. And they're even introducing a concept. I mean, you know, hold on to your hats for this one. They're even introducing a concept where they might have expiring money. So you own some of this money that's been paid to you by the government or paid to you by your company, and you might have X number of weeks or months to spend it. Um, and, and, And that really is pretty horrifying. So I think there are two things going on here. One, Western government's really fearful but they are completely losing control. And do you know what? Actually, to some extent, they are. Uh, and then you've got the continued rise of China in the world. And, and, and so that's the sort of economics of it, the politics of it. And worth noting, you know, while we're on China for a moment, that this, and I'm absolutely astonished and horrified by this, but New Zealand, who are part of the Five Eyes Intelligence Network, you know, our closest friends in the world, the Americans, Canadians, Australians, us, New Zealanders, we share secrets at a very, very high level when it comes to intelligence, defense, combating extremism, terrorism, 
And basically this week, New Zealand have opted out of the Five Eyes Intelligence Network and decided their future is with China. I mean, quite how this trendy lefty PM, Jacinda Ahern, can reconcile what's happening to the Uyghur Muslims or to uh, people who stand for democracy in Hong Kong is beyond me. But it does go to show, you know, the rise of China and their attempt to take over the world uh, is happening very, very quickly. And they do it effectively by bribing Western governments and Western companies. Uh, and now they want us all to be hooked up to their own form of digital currency. So that, that actually is very, very deeply concerning. Um, I, I have to say, uh, it seems to me that actually in the short term, maybe medium term, none of this will affect Bitcoin, Ethereum, or any of the others because they're going to carry on doing what they're doing. I don't think Rishi Sunak's attempt to introduce UK Bank of England digital currency. Frankly, I don't think it'll amount to very much, but what China's up to is disturbing. One of our mutual colleagues, Sam Volkering, who you've talked to about um, Bitcoin and Ethereum, basically his argument is that this makes cryptocurrencies even more important because the government version is going to be basically totalitarian. It offers complete control to governments and central banks. And so the escape mechanism of, of Bitcoin and its other cryptocurrencies is going to become even more important. But there's a particular angle on this that I want to ask you about, because I think this issue of central bank digital currencies is going to split people politically. A lot of people tell me you're, you're right wing authoritarian and well, they tell me all sorts of things about you. And I believe actually I happen to know that you're very classical liberal or as Americans call it libertarian. You're very skeptical about government action, whether it's from the left or the right, um, and regardless of how it's justified. And I think what makes central bank digital currencies interesting, whether it's left wing or right wing government trying to impose their version of the economy on you. The key question and the key point is that it gives a huge amount of control to whoever's in power, yes. whoever's in government. And I think this is going to be one of the key moments where people discover whether they are libertarian or classical liberal or not. And I think it's going to lead to people realizing what you're all about, actually. Yeah, look, you know, I mean, the idea that because we wanted to leave uh, some undemocratic block run by modern day commissars, that somehow that was authoritarian and right wing. Well, frankly, that was just uh, a willful misinterpretation uh, put about with the vested interests in politics and big business. Look, taking back control wasn't about government taking back control, it was about us, the people, taking back control of our future and our country. And governments are something uh, that we lend short-term authority to once every four or five years in elections. That's the relationship. That's the world that I want to live in. Um, and look, I think Sam Volkering's big point is right. I think all of these moves say to people, actually, this is an even better, bigger reason to be in crypto. I, I guess the one caveat would be, unless the state finds a means, literally, to control the internet. And, and, and that would be the fear. I mean, clearly in China, they can control the internet. They can shut servers down. Uh, they can't do that in the Western world. Although, you know, I mean, if I was to put a YouTube video up suggesting that wearing face masks actually was a complete waste of time, it'd get taken down very quickly. So we are already seeing some forms of censorship of speech going on on the internet. But the, but the idea that government could interfere uh, and, and, and stop people making financial transactions on the net, I, I just don't think it's a political possibility. So I think for the moment, um, everything in the crypto world still looks pretty good.